Hello and welcome to The Nature of Avatar, the podcast where we do deep dives into every aspect of the Avatar universe. My name's Otis and today I'm joined by Orion, but sadly not Sola, and we're going to be looking at Tenzin. Uh, obviously, you all know who Tenzin is. But um, before we start the episode, I want to tell you about Avatar Generations, the new mobile game being released this Tuesday, or the day after tomorrow. Uh now what's really amazing is avatar news which is a website that we use like alongside the fandom it's got a lot of great news updates um uh they've actually partnered officially with avatar generations and we'll put the link in the description but you can go and get if you fill out a pre like game release registration form you can get yourself like in-game credits when you first start playing now i know me orion solar all of the uh people at the nature of avatar we're gonna be playing the game and uh, yeah tell us tell us how you're doing it and yeah go get yourself those in-game rewards right orion yeah and it's interesting because the fan uh, because avatar news had said that they're basically uh, it said over the next month we're going to be bringing you all of the new canon stories characters locations art and more the avatar studios and the developers at navigator games been working on to expand the world of avatar in this mobile game for android and ios so, um, also it then goes on to say, um, starting the era of Avatar Aang and more generations to come. So by that, I am thinking that uh, that Avatar Generations is actually going to be, I mean, we know that they are working with Avatar Studios, uh, and but it also means that they are, um, it looks like they're going to be developing the world of Avatar, which obviously the fact that they have uh, Avatar Studios working alongside Navigator Games means that they're going to have the input of the creators as well and not just what uh, the game developers want in the game, uh, which will probably make it better. It's quite interesting the way that they're going to be uh, having the new canon released in the form of a game, because before that we've had these sort of official comics and stuff, but I think having the uh, game bringing the new information in will be quite interesting uh, and uh, the fact that Avatar News is going to be reporting on this sort of indicated there's going to be quite a lot of information. Also that last bit where it says starting with the era of Avatar Aang and with more generations to come indicates that at the start you're just going to have Aang and his friends in the game but then you're going to have other generations of Avatar after that. So that indicates that first, when you first download the game, you'll just have Avatar Aang, but then maybe in future updates, they will introduce the other eras. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think they will. I think they're definitely going to continue developing the game, if it's popular, I think. Well, I think it will probably be popular because this is the first time we've had a the closest thing to a mobile game where those original... Um, well, the closest thing we've had so far is obviously the Minecraft. But before that, which was more official, uh, the closest thing we've had to a mobile game is basically the DS versions of those uh, other games. So I think people have been waiting long enough for an iOS-based... Wait. DS versions of what games? Of um, the three original Avatar games. You can get them on DS? Yes. I didn't know that. I have a DS. Uh, yeah, so people have been waiting long enough. The only concern I have is that perhaps they're not 
they haven't really advertised it well enough. Like it's not been headline news or anything, obviously, because it's a fairly small game. But I don't know whether the sort of main fans who basically watch the show but haven't um the probably the main bulk of the fans have watched the show, perhaps read a couple of comics, but haven't really been intently following it. Whereas uh, the people who have been like uh, listening to podcasts, re- researching and stuff, may have got this information. So I don't know how many downloads yeah. have, because you wouldn't really expect that they keep making stuff. Some people don't even know about Avatar Studios or Netflix. Uh, but yeah, suppose it will bring yeah, yeah bring that's true to Avatar. Um, but yes, now let's get onto the main subject, which is Tenzin. So. Tenzin was born in 119 AD, which stands for after genocide. He was the youngest of Anga Katara's children and the only one uh, to have the power of airbending from birth. As a child, he noticed two young vandals defacing the airbending gates on Air Temple Island with graffiti, and he went after them on his glider, fighting them off at the docks of Republic City. He and the criminals were arrested by the Republic City police and brought to Toph's office. Tenzin explained why he'd done what he did, but Toph told him that he should have reported the issue instead of dealing with the vandals himself. Aang arrived at Toph's office, yep. offered to take charge of the vandals of the crime was on Air Nomad territory. And I think this is quite interesting because before you just had the Air Temples, uh, which were the Air Nomad territory, but you don't really think of them as sort of Air Nomad territory where you, you commit a crime on Air Nomad territory under the jurisdic- uh, jurisdiction of the Air Nomad police, because obviously they didn't have police. But I suppose that yeah. I quite interesting. What do you think? I, I agree. I think that it's crazy how, like, how they decide, like, in one city, but it's full of, like, different cultures and different things that mean different things to different people. I mean, for the Vandals, I mean, they didn't, they might not have known that it was, like, sacred or whatever. Because yeah, also- I think it's... In Republic City, it's interesting because they've got all these different cultures, but it's not like, oh, here's the Fire Nation quarter, here's the Air Nomad quarter sort of thing. It's, you've got all these cultures mixed together. So the Republic City police is a good way of keeping this neutral, instead of it being like, oh, well, here's the Earth Kingdom police who are enforcing it, because you don't want one nation to take control. That's why Republic City is quite hard to balance both sort of nation to nation as well as bender to non-bender which is the whole plot of season one of the legend of Korra. so yeah i mean it's really hard to govern like somewhere like that yeah because in the dawn of yang ten which is the book focusing on yang chen's life it's interesting what they say because they have uh you see the the cities or where there are merchants and it's interesting what they do there because they have like a water tribe quarter and a, not like a full quarter, but there's areas where the water tribe people live. Um, but again, those would be governed all by the central government, which was Earth Kingdom. So this is this is the kind of problems that can array, uh, uh, arise when do uh, try and take on something like that. But I think Republic City is run yeah. well. Um, so let me just... I agree. So on the way back, Tenzin apologized and said that he shouldn't have used violence or used his bending to attack the people who deserved it, believing that was the reason why he hadn't earned his arrows yet. Aang told him he could never be a disappointment and that while he did not want Tenzin to bear the responsibility of carrying on the Air Nation, he trusted him with it. 
So that's quite interesting because it seems that as Cora had these issues, I mean, obviously Tenzi didn't have the issues to the same extent, but he was, uh, there's a lot of stuff to, in Avatar displaying how he was sort of uh, Tenzin, uh, Aang's chosen one in a way compared to the other children. So he must have had a lot of responsibility. I mean, yeah, I think that Tenzin definitely felt a lot of responsibility. Because he was the next air nomad, so he had to continue this whole tradition. Uh, uh, because Aang was essentially the king of the air nomad, uh, the air nation, and he would continue on. He didn't, although I suppose by the legend of Korra, it was a lot more of a responsibility with all of these additional airbenders that started arising. Because then he had a whole new sort of nation that he needed to look after, not just, you know, him and make sure that other people learn airbending. Like, it's there weren't any other people to learn airbending, but his responsibility... Yeah, because there, there weren't. Yeah, because Korra had these problems learning airbending, but I didn't realise that uh, Tenzin had the same problems. But I suppose part of those prob- that this problem came with the fact that he had so much responsibility and he felt he needed to look after the uh, Air Nation. So um, yeah. the Airbenders and the other children mm-hmm. had conflict meditation in the style of the Air Nomads with the offender and the victim meeting one another before cleansing the air. Tendon and the Vandals therefore worked toward a, re- a resolution by cleaning the gates together. This um, this information I've just been reading out about Tendon's early life was from a free comic book day comic, which you can read on the Dark Horse website, and I'll try and find a link to put in the description for you to read it. Um, okay. Yes. It took him a while, by the mid-130s AG, he was trained up enough to earn his airbending tattoos. In 158 AG, after Kara's identity as the new avatar was revealed, Tenzin joined forces with Southern Chief Sokka, Fire Lord Zuko, and Kara's father, Tonrak, to prevent a kidnapping threat forged by Zahia, Gazan, Minghua, and Pli. They were able to defeat and apprehend the criminals and imprison them in four separate and specially designed prisons that would neutralise their combatants combative abilities. Because of this threat, Tenzin and Tonrak decided to move Kara to the Southern Water Tribe compound, where she could safely train. So, it was interesting, because they protected her there to keep her safe. But Kara was sort of annoyed, because she didn't realise that there was this threat. So perhaps they could have handled Kara better if they had actually told her that there was this threat, and that was why they had uh, forced her to stay in the Southern Water Tribe and not leave. Uh, so then, after, I agree. Yeah, I I think because Cora didn't really realise the danger. I think if you told someone like Cora about the danger, she may not have listened anyway. But uh, at least she. But would've... it was worth a try. Yeah, because when you just if when uh, it's happened a lot to the Legend of Cora, oh, they were doing it to protect you, but it's not. You, but if they don't really explain what they're actually doing and this risk, then how is she supposed to know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, then after Kara escaped to Republic City, Tenzin attempted to teach her airbending. Kara uh, had already mastered the three other elements. Uh, this was because her hot-headed personality was so different from the airbending philosophy. From then on, Tenzin acted as a mentor and guardian to the young Avatar. Also, just um, 
the what they say is that water and fire are opposites and earth and air are opposites in avatar but the real yeah. question is it depends how you use them because current yeah. matters to somehow use air bend uh, to somehow use fire bending water bending and earth bending all as if they're fire bending like her her movements when she's water bending are exactly the same as when she's fire bending so this is the problem because yeah and i think i think that sorry i think that fire bending was probably her favorite element as we see at the beginning of the show like her on her fire bending test yeah because Kara is this is the part of the problem because air bending you can't Airbending, you, you need more of us to cross a more spiritual bound, boundary, not just this physical boundary. And when she first reaches air, the stage where she master, where she sort of learned airbending, she used it as if it was firebending. But by the end of the, sh- like, and that was sort of the season one finale. And at the start of season two, she was learning how to use her airbending because she was still using it in this very aggressive way. Whereas by the end of the yeah, sh- and that's what tends in. Tenzin was trying to train her in like the real way, the real deal. Yeah. So by the end of of the Legend of Korra, she was airbending, uh, sort of more like a proper airbender should. But also then she had more yeah. responsibility looking after the other airbenders. And I suppose this is she had in a way more responsibility than any other um, avatar before her because she really needed to protect an entire new culture. That have just arisen. I mean, there's there's no other avatar, as far as we know, has had an entire nation be completely killed, and then have like a lot of them come back all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. But Otis, as we're running out of time, uh, would you like to talk about Tenzin's family? Yeah. <clears throat> so, basically, Tenzin was one of Aang and Katara's three children and uh, until Harmonic Convergence, no spoilers there, uh, he was the only airbender apart from his father in the family. He was the youngest, had an older brother called Boomy who was a commander in the United Forces. Um, He also worked alongside Prince Iroh. Uh, He also had an older sister called Kaya who was a waterbender. Tenzin had three children uh, after Aang died. so. Uh, basically, uh, Tenzin has the children, and they were, um, we see them a lot in T-Lock. Milo, Iki, and Janora, all of them airbenders, and uh, they play quite a big part in the show. But towards the end, Tenzin and his wife, their heir acolyte, Pema, have a fourth child called Rohan. Uh, it's unclear whether he's a bender or not, though in one clip, Katara feels Pema's belly and says, Ooh, I sent another strong bender. Uh, while Tenzin has a largely positive relationship with his siblings, he feels pressure to have lots of children and continue the line of airbenders. He married Pema, the air acolyte, from his father's class, uh, and although she appears a lot long- younger than him in the show, they stay together and she very often travels the world with the wider team avatar, especially in season three. Uh, in, in season three, they kind of all have like one big family with Team Avatar, Tenzin, and they pick up a boy called Kai, who kind of becomes Marco and Bolin's brother. Probably more than that in another episode. But Tenzin, like, his close family is not all that happens. He has like a very wide, he calls all airbenders his family after harmonic convergence, um, to the kind of surprise and uh, distress of something. Uh, 
he calls Kai his son. Uh, he kind of not really adopts, but definitely looks after Marco Bolin uh, and Asami to an extent. Uh, yeah, so I think that's most of uh, like the stuff about his close family. He definitely had um, like a lot of pressure he felt from his father because of him being the only Airbender. Um, but yeah, and I think he was he loves his children, he loves his family, but he is very sad that Ang died so young. Or yeah, um, yeah, he's had because he's got all of these. He he had four children, and the three really he we needed some more Airbenders in the show of because Cora was not was um, under eighteen at the start of the show, and then really needed more sort of light-hearted characters who were also airbenders because if Pessy was the only airbender that may have been a letter also on the point that Pema appears younger than Tenzin could possibly be that he was under a lot of pressure uh, because and he may have aged more because he was under a lot of pressure to sort of continue the line of airbenders uh, and yeah that's that's a good point yeah I think but none of his children seem to feel the same pressure that he does um but i suppose if they'd stayed as the only few airbenders perhaps they would have eventually because also the yeah. problem was that if all three of ang's children had been airbenders then it would have been much easier for tenzin because all three of them could have sort of equally shared the responsibility bounced ideas off each other in how to sort of lead the nation but the fact that he was the only airbender meant that it was there was a lot more responsibility than there had to be uh, on Tenzin. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's anything else that we should cover on Tenzin? I think those are the main points, like uh, his childhood, his family, the rest of like the stuff that he does. I mean, it's mostly with Team Avatar. He is, I will briefly mention, a councillor uh, of Republic City. Uh, they have four councillors, air, water, fire and earth. Uh, Funnily enough, no non-benders. But he's a counsellor. He's a very liberal counsellor. But apart from that, I think that's the main point of Tenzin. Do you agree, Orion? Yes, so we'll be back in a minute to uh, do the debate. So we are now back the all-important debate. Was Tenzin a good mentor to Korra? Uh, Orion, what side of this debate are you going to be fighting for? Uh, I am going to be fighting for uh, the statement that Tenzin was a good mentor for Korra. Okay, that means that I don't think he was. Uh, okay, I, I'm i going to rush in with my first point, saying that he stressed out Korra uh, making her feel under pressure to learn airbending the right way and not the way that suited her. Like, she he put her under a lot of pressure and she just wanted to know airbending like firebending and he didn't let her do that. Yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that, but I don't think... I think the part of the problem was that Cora had perhaps... Cora had sort of set herself up as somebody who was a bit too good like she'd mastered airbending uh, all, I mean she'd mastered all the other bending forms at such a young age and then she couldn't get this so Tenzin is uh, obviously frantically trying to come up with some sort of way that uh, he can 
teach Kara Airbending, and he's very set on doing teaching it the right way. But I think part of the problem is that Kara couldn't unlock Airbending the wrong way, and also that uh, he really needed to teach her the spiritual block, that teach her how to sort of overcome the spiritual block that she had, uh, and also that overcome the fact uh, that she couldn't learn airbending. So she really, really needed to do it in this sort of, um, this in this way. Also perhaps Tenzin wrongly thought that this was the only way that Kara would listen uh, because she had such the, this impulsive personality. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, as I don't, I think that I'm going to stick to my point and that it's okay that he was trying to make her learn it like the proper way, but she's the avatar. Surely she knows best. Surely her avatar genes are telling her what's right, and like that's probably right because she needed the airbending then and there with her mom, and she got it, and it saved her a market. So I don't see the problem in that. I get where you're coming from with the like. Oh, Amon, no, sorry, not Amon, Tenzin, he was, like, helping her learn it spiritually, but if that was her style of bending, no one told Toph, oh, you can't bend like that, because she was blind. So they shouldn't be telling Korra, oh, you can't bend like that, because she's the avatar. But all these avatars had um, sort of other benders to help them, to help teach them bend, and Tenzin obviously knows best when it comes to how to airbend. Uh, so I still think that Cora, I mean, obviously she unlocked airbending, which saved her. But if she, she would probably never have unlocked airbending if she just went on in the same way, had she not lost her bending and would have died without airbending. So I think perhaps they just needed to give her airbending in some manner. There, there wasn't like really, uh, yeah, I think they were just trying to find some sort of way to bring airbending in. Uh, but Cora was still airbending the wrong way. Ang is was a very, but you could say, as you're saying, that uh, she was had her own style. But I suppose uh, with airbending, you can sort of have your own style to some extent. But you still need to follow these principles. She would essentially have used airbending to like knock people off cliffs and you know kill them, whereas that's not the spiritual philosophy of airbending. Yeah, but. Does it need to be spiritual? I mean, it's a modern age. Earthbending evolved from moving stuff around and like lion turtles to Earth Rumble 6. Bending evolved from like practical stuff to pro bending fighting tournaments. All bending was evolving. I mean, the Earth Nation was needed wiped out. Surely that should evolve too if it needs to. I mean, I personally think that airbending is sort of the, is the kind of bending form where you need this spiritual side. Because part of a, quite a fairly big part of it is centered around meditation and sort of calming yourself in order to um, use airbending. In airbending is more um, uh, evasive. You move out of the way. You don't actually hit people with airbending. Whereas in pro bending, um, uh, you see that although they attack with earth bending, they're still often using it to defend them or one of their teammates with the fire bending they're still attacking and water bending there so the 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 uh, uses for bending have changed but i don't think the way that bending is actually sort of learned to use uh the sort of main fundamentals of the bending have changed that much 
But we know it does, though. I mean, Korra has her traditional airbending. I mean, sorry, not airbending. Korra has traditional earthbending, and then Bolin trains her and completely changes her stance, changes like the way that she does it all for the pro bending. So I think, I think it has changed, and that airbending should be allowed to uh, change too. But um, okay. yeah, what do you think? I, yes, I see where you're going with that, Otis, and I think. Uh, that's a good place to uh, end the debate with uh, your side winning. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right that you could, should be able to adapt airbending, but um, I'm still not sure that the spirituality uh, side of airbending can be changed that much. But uh, yes. Well, you know who will tell us whether that matters? What, Avatar Generations? the listeners so drop us a comment or send us a voice note uh yeah what do you think who do you think won that debate i mean i think obviously i did and uh yeah tell us what you think on whether tenzin was a good mentor for cora uh i think that's all from me uh orion uh yeah that's all uh from me too so as always don't forget to drop us a like subscribe and leave us a comment wherever you listen